T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Weaver, and today I have um, some very special guests with me. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we're going to talk about um, an upcoming event slash topic. So if you guys want to introduce yourself, and then we'll just go right into it. Hi, I'm Ruth Ellis. I'm a uh, contractor with the Guard. I am a behavioral health specialist and work out of the Columbia Armory. And I am Chaplain John Denny, and I'm the full-time support chaplain for the South Carolina National Guard. Awesome. Well, thank you both for taking the time today to come in and talk with us. Um, we've had you both on before, so you guys are familiar faces. But it, for those who haven't watched or listened for a while, we welcome you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but so let's just dive right in. Today we're talking about the Compass program. So, sir, I've, I believe that that kind of r- is heavy with the chaplain core area, or is it like behavioral health slash the chaplains all kind of like work together with this? B or C, all the above. <laughs> uh, so it's it falls up under the chaplain purview. Okay. And so it's a chaplain-led behavioral health supported peer facilitated event. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Clear as mud, right? <laughs> Clear as mud. Uh, so it, it falls up under the chaplain core, and so we we host it. We do all the work to, to prepare for it, to logistically, and we do play a role in it. Uh, behavioral health, I'll let Ruth talk about their role within it. And when I say peer-led, it's peers that have been through the program before, that have been through some tough stuff, and have grown as a result of that tough stuff. And so it's uh, really person to person, soldier to soldier, peer to peer. And that's really where the magic happens. It's when you get away from titles such as behavioral health or chaplain and really have your friends, your peers within the organization that are helping other people. So it's really people helping people. And it that, that's where 80% of the good stuff happens. So I'll let Ruth talk about her role what within Compass. Can I back up a minute? Sure. C- Compass um, actually stands for, and this was John's brainstorm, of care of military personnel and s- significant other spousal slash support. Um, and it kind of grew out of the PDS, and we still do the PDS, which is the post-deployment seminars, but the Compass, uh, what we were finding was at a PDS that it was more than just the deployment that was creating issues. It was more... Um, and feel free to jump in here, but I, I think it was more of a, uh, the issues were more of things that were happening in the world, um, happening at home, happening with job, happening in, in just the interpersonal and intrapersonal things. And so Compass kind of grew out of that. It wasn't just the deployment. It was all the other life events. And so what we were seeing was that if we could somehow wrap that into a, a, a more intensive weekend, um, that that could be helpful. So that's where the Compass got its name. That was John's brainchild. Um and we've, I think the behavioral health piece of that has kind of grown and, and morphed. Um, the small groups, which are the peer-led, are so very, very important. But 
one of the things that those groups also do is kind of capitalize on some of the, um, we'll call them training, uh, but there, there may be communication skills that we talk about or anger management or loss or grief or trauma, and we, we look at what that is specifically, kind of do the head piece of that, um, and maybe the educational component, and then what are some normal normalized coping mechanisms that people do, and then the small groups are where they're, they're talking about those things. So I think behavioral health is, um, I think we, we try to facilitate the, I guess, the, the educational component um, and then we're there, obviously, if there's a, a greater need. Uh, we also provide EMDR for those who are interested in that. Um, we all, Everybody has a one-on-one session with a, a clinician. Um, that session is not necessarily, at least one, it's not necessarily to open up and everything, but it is to kind of get a plan, a game plan of going forward, what that might look like. So what I leave out. There's so much to this. And there is. Um, <laughs> so the... During the Compass events, as Ruth had said, the PDSs were for units that had experienced some kind of significant event while they were deployed, whether it was an IED hit or they were involved in some kind of kinetic uh, fighting. And so it was an opportunity for them to come and decompress and so with what we had also discovered was that issues trauma crisis critical events were happening here on in the state as well more probably more so in the state than it was in in a deployed environment and so we wanted to what we saw how much help our soldiers were getting from the post-deployment seminar, that we were like, why don't we open this up to anyone that's experienced some kind of loss in their own life? So it could be uh, an ugly divorce. It could be the loss of a child. It could be the death of a spouse. Now, all that stuff that life just happens. And so when with a Compass event, we can have... If we have 20 people there, we can have 20 different uh, challenges that people are facing. And it is an opportunity for us to open up the event for people that are just struggling day to day. And, and you see them uh, when, when you pass them at the water cooler, you go into the restroom, whatever, and you just don't understand what's going on with them and or even know. And so Compass is a way for us to be able to help support them and get them the help that they need. And we of we we've done 25 different P, between PDS and Compass, I think 25 events. And of that 97% say I would absolutely go to this again and I would represent and I would recommend this to another soldier um they, they give it a five out of five and the other three percent give it like a four out of five because maybe the food was too greasy or something <laughs> um but it's it's probably one of the best things yeah. that we do in the guard i think it's a signature event that we do 
I think another component that we didn't talk about is that spouse or, or significant other. We've had spouses, we've had girlfriends, we've had mothers. boyfriends, mothers, fathers, we've sisters um, who have come as support, and and they're in a different group too. They have their own support group. That's so. Anytime the peer-led group is working, um, and they're in a small group, so th- so are the support people. Um, so they're kind of getting the same kinds of stuff, but they're working on on theirs and how to sub- be a better support system. Um, I think from from my end, I do. I think it's a signature event that we do. I think it's um, it's one of my favorite things that we do. It's very intense, um, but it's it's very um, it's it's very connected, if you will, uh, and people change, mm-hmm. and you can see it. It's very very much a a difference in that. Um, I also think that it's a. I think it's an opportunity. I think in the military, what I see is that I think. We're um, military, for the most part, are prepared for deployments to not be good. I think we somehow know that in your brain that a deployment may not be good. What we're not prepared for is that life may not be good. And and I think that's – we don't do a good job of that in the human world of going, okay, stuff happens. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what we saw. And I think that to, to embrace that and recognize that, I, I believe, goes a long way. And, and – you had mentioned some of the things that we, we cover. Um, so we, we really try to focus on mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. And so we also discuss moral injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we discuss, man's search for meaning, kind of the spiritual component of it. Like, what, why am I here? What, what are, why am I experiencing these challenges? Uh, if, if God's a great big God, why do we have this suffering uh, so we address some of those kind of existential questions as well. And um, so that, that's really where the chaplain component comes in um, in, in this thing. So it, it's we cover a lot in that weekend. Right. Uh, but, man, the results we get from it and, and the change that we see happen uh, it is amazing. It really is. And um, well, it's interesting, too, how many come back and want to help. Right. Um, they want to. They want to see. They want to perpetuate and, and watch the program grow. And I, I think another component is we, we do try to hit it on all those levels. But we also have things um, to help teach and embrace coping skills, like the night hikes, and mm-hmm. and we do an art something and a yoga something and something that kind of helps seeing how stress affects the entire body and what we can do. Mindfulness activities. And so I mean, there there's skill building that's built into what we're doing. Right. Um, along with the I think the fellowship. So, long answer <laughs> to a quick, simple question. And there's so much more that we could unpack, but th- that's the high level. No, I mean, that's great. Um, one thing before we go forward, how does the, the events work? Like, is it an annual thing, or do you have them sporadically throughout the year? Like, is this something that people go to, and then, like, they take those skills and do whatever things they learn throughout the year until the next one, if they want to attend another one or like how, how does that side of the program work? So we have, we're doing two a year uh, that we have set on the calendar, end of October, end of April. But if something happens, whether a deployment or some other event happens, we can plug a third or fourth one in there, but we just have two set on the calendar for, planning purposes make it makes it a little bit easier for people to plan so for instance we had one in october some people couldn't make it in october that wanted to come so we said okay we'll roll you into april and so that way we 
everyone knows that it's on the calendar and that if they can't make one that we can that they can get get into the other one. Okay. Is there a limit to how many people can attend each event? We limit it the really the limit is based on the accommodations. So if where where we do it now is at Clark's Hill. And so we're limited there by billeting space for the attendees. And so we are roughly at 20 service members along with 20 support people that they may want to have come. Uh, So we're looking at potentially 40 people max. Uh, But if we were able to find a place that maybe we could could accommodate 30, I wouldn't think we'd want much more than 30, though, because of group dynamics, group processing, all that kind of stuff. And I think we've had a few more than that every time, but that's kind of what we look at. Um, yeah. You had, you ask a good question, and that's a whole nother, um, as far as peer support and, and what they do with their stuff. One of the one of the things that we try to do is, is kind of wrap around so that they're not leaving without a plan. Um, so one of the things for them that's important is, is how they want to proceed with what they've learned, where they are, kind of taking stock of what that is. Um, and what they what they want to do with that. So that's built into one of the things that they do. Um, some probably don't want to do anything. Some are, are not ready. Some want to follow up with the counseling somewhere. Some want to come back and be a support person. Um, we've had some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the peer support is a whole other component um, and how we get there. Some of them want to, to do that. Um, I don't know if that answered. Yeah, and... Another subcategory of Compass, right, <laughs> is is uh, our, what which Ruth doesn't know this, but we've got something called CERT, which is a critical event response team. And so if a unit has experienced some kind of death, the leadership, this isn't a slam on leadership at all, but they don't teach you how to handle service member, unit, trauma, or critical events in ILE, BLC, War College, Common Core, whatever military school you're going to, they don't teach you how to manage those kinds of events. And if you've been in leadership at all, um, it's not a matter of if. Sadly, it's a matter of when something's going to happen, whether a car accident happens, cancer happens, suicides happen, and our CERT team is there to help advise and guide that command team through that event to make sure that it's done properly, it's done honorably, and that the soldiers of the unit are well cared for. And so with the help of me, Ruth, our behavioral health team, and our peers, we go and do... um, provide support. And through that support, we also find people that uh, may be a good candidate to come to our Compass events. So we recognize that the burden of leadership is is heavy, especially when there is uh, a death, a significant event that happens within that particular unit. And what we have found in the past is everyone starts reinventing the wheel in how to handle this process. And so we've come up with a more structured intervention to be able to help guide that 
command team to provide the support that the soldiers need and also uh, the support, quite frankly, that the leadership needs as well. So that, that all is kind of rolled up under compass, um, but a sub- subcategory of it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, it does. All right, I feel like we're just <laughs> kind of blip, blip, blip all over. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I mean, it's definitely a lot of information, and trying to pack it into a short podcast episode is a lot. That's why we wanted to have you guys here to just kind of not having to go deep into the details of it, but just getting out the basic information so that people know sure. one compass is, how to partake in it, how it can benefit benefit them, how to get in contact with the people and all that kind of stuff. That way that they can make that decision um, of being a part of it or just spreading the word. Because a lot of times um, when we're full time, we forget that there's M-Day soldiers who don't always get this information. And right. that's why we put we do the podcast and we try to get the information out as best as we can to everybody. That way that somebody's not saying, Oh, well, I haven't heard of that. Or I don't know what that is. Like these are great benefits that the guard has to offer that everybody should know about and be able to partake in, in some way, shape or form. And and I will say that of the 54 States and territories, as far as I know, South Carolina is the only one that's doing something like this. And, also understand that this is a tag-sponsored event, which means that any soldier that wants to come to this event, they get an RMA for Friday, because it's a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They get an RMA for Friday, and they're able to split train unconditionally, without question, um, for that Saturday and Sunday. And so if a soldier wants to go to the commander and say, Sir, can I split train for this? Since it's a tag event, the command team says absolutely. So there's no question. So they could they could have the range one time a year, and that soldier missed that range. But at the end of the day, what's more important? That soldier's well-being and making sure that when we say soldier for life, we got to back that up and make sure that that soldier is well taken care of so they can continue to be a, an asset to the organization, but more importantly, continue to be an asset in life. I had a question, too, about what you were, and it's just a comment more. Um, we have all ages, stages, ranks, uh, I think, that have attended. We try to be careful with that as much as, I guess. I mean, it's a civilian attire, mm-hmm. so and, and we usually go by first names. So that that kind of, um, I think that's a question I get a lot is, is this going to be, you know, who's going to know and and am I going to be profiled from this? And is this something? And I think that's, that's something that we have to address. Um, And the answer is no. They said, they said what this is. Right. And everything that's discussed is completely confidential. So there are some forms that people fill out, but we get them locked away. Only one person has that key and has, has access to those records. Um, no notes are taken, no, and what notes are taken are shredded and, um, in front of everyone. So they know that, you know, that their information's protected. So we go to great measures and extremes to try to ensure that people feel comfortable and safe with what they're bringing to the table. But it's still a choice. They bring to the table what they want to deal with. Right. Right. Yep. So can you kind of... And like I said, you don't have to go into detail, but could you kind of give us an idea of what the look, the weekend would look like, mm-hmm. um, as far as how it starts and ends, and the th- 
the things that they do and um, all that kind of stuff because I think it'll kind of go with what you're saying with the the comfortability of what people want to talk about sure. and the people that are around. I mean, it is intimidating being around officers and higher enlisted if you're lower enlisted. And so kind of trying to take the stigma out of that. But like, what is a typical weekend event like this look like for those who want to attend? Do you want to go ahead? Start us. Okay. Them. So they show up Friday morning and uh, it, it's at Clark's Hill. And so they, they go to the multi-purpose room, and when they enter the multi-purpose room, if you've never been to Clark's Hill, it's a beautiful, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's serene. It's quiet. You got surrounded by a lake that hardly gets any kind of boat traffic. And so it's just a really nice way to, to go peaceful. and remove. Yeah, it's peaceful. And so you walk in, and you're greeted by everyone in civilian clothes, everyone on first-name basis, as Ruth was saying. Um, you'll have peers there, behavioral health. Uh, and uh, a chaplain, um, again, in civilian clothes, and some support personnel. And they have name tags, and it, it, it it's awkward at first, admittedly. It is. But then by at the end of day one, everyone starts getting into a rhythm. They start feeling comfortable with each other. They're, they're provided some great food. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of food. You have a lot of snacks and a lot, a lot of, of food. snacks, a lot of food, and um, so they're well fed, they're well taken care of, they're well loved, and they they get a lot of support, in both mind, body, and soul, as I was talking about throughout that weekend. I think registration is the most awkward time. Um, registration for that few moments, you're getting your room keys, then you go and you put your stuff in the, in the cabins. And most people, it's not Quincy Huts. They're staying actually in the cabins. and So that's kind of nice. And then they, and usually I think they go put that down. And then we have a group session where we talk about what this is. Mm-hmm. So um, And that's where they're, the paperwork and, and some of the, the confidentiality stuff and, and um, some of those forms are, are done right there at the, at the beginning. And then we kind of jump in um, as far as what, what is – defining certain things, kind of, you know, looking at why people are there. Um, we don't do small groups, I don't think, until Til day, day two. two. Um, so, but there are a lot of breaks, and we, you know, we try to, try to take a break about every hour, every 90 minutes or so, so that people can, whether it's smoking or walking around or doing, oh, we do have um, dogs, we do have. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of fun. We have some emotional sport dogs who have, um, are part of our peers, um, which is really interesting to watch how that develops through the weekend too. Um, what else? Uh, we've got a a bonfire that mm-hmm. happens, yeah. and it's more of a ritualistic, spiritual kind of letting go of some things. We're not dancing around the fire. No, we're not dancing around the fire, and <laughs> we're, we're we're not having playing bongo <laughs> drums like uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, but. Yeah, so it's it's a very powerful moment where people, for stuff that they've been holding on to for so long, yeah. whether it's grief, whether it's guilt, whether it's trauma, it's an opportunity for them just to finally let it go. Um, and so if you can get past the first 45 minutes of awkwardness and be able to settle in, your life will be changed. Yes. I think we hear that over and over. I don't know if that answers your question as far as the, the day in, day out. It's long days. And we start at 9 or 10 in the morning on Friday, and we stop around 9, 
9 and 30, 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> at night. Um, there's some gaps in there, but not many. And then Saturday morning, we're back up and going again. Um, and, but and one of the number one things that we hear is, wow, I was finally able to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was able to sleep through the night. Right. And that doesn't just carry on through the weekend. That, that, cover, that carries on right. what, throughout, throughout their life. Um, and just to hear people say, I finally slept through the night mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. Um, because that means that they're finally able to, their body and mind are finally able to heal yeah. in the way it should be. Right. Given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, and I think one of the neat things is that people are so um, uh, uptight, I guess that's the right word, but just it's so awkward, and it is. You know, why am I here, and I hate this. And we've had a few show up and thought they were at a different event. Um, um, <laughs> they thought it was a Strong Bonds event. Strong event, and, and, you know, they were like, what? What is this? Um, but, but they it, probably got some of the most help from it. They then. did, and, and so it's interesting. That was that was one couple. But it is, you know, I think people are so nervous, and we're all so anxious to deal with our stuff. And that's I think that's human. We don't really want to confront it. And so to have that opportunity to confront it in a safe place in the long run, you actually see the physical shift. Mm-hmm. So Friday morning, everybody's tense. You see, you know, the legs, legs going. Shaking. Yeah, the, the nervous anxiety. And then... You know, on Saturday there, there's camaraderie, there's laughter, there's, um, you know, backslapping, and the, I mean, it, and Sunday there's just very little, uh, little of those high anxiety things. So it, that's to me the I'm getting chills talking about it. That's the my favorite thing is to see how, how much people are affected just by having that safe space. So yeah, me, the that's, transformation's that's cool. amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So have you guys ever had anybody? resistant to coming like oh yeah <laughs> like because it's voluntary correct yes or do some people get voluntold that they need to go to the program like yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes. in, in the past right it, soldiers <laughs> have been voluntold to come especially for when it was pds and oh my gosh i mean you could cut the tension what with a butter knife and there people sitting there with their arms crossed they didn't want to be there they were angry uh just because they were voluntold they had no idea what this was about and but again at the end of day one they started to say okay all right i'm uh, i'm kind of digging this i see where this is going let me trust the process and then at the by sunday they were bought into it uh so what we've tried to do is make a shift right so we have a, an SOP in place that if a commander feels that a soldier should go, we try to make sure that the soldier is bought into it. We don't want people coming and be resistant. We want people coming to be uncomfortable because they'll soon start seeing the value of it, but we don't want it to be a resistance kind of thing. And so that's where the peers come in. So to be able to come alongside some soldiers and say, hey, look, this is something I went through. I saw a great benefit of it. And if you trust me as a friend or for me as the chaplain, if, you tru- if you've trusted me enough to come tell me some of the burdens on your heart, can you please trust me enough to go and experience this Compass event? And so we're, we're trying a different approach so people are more bought in 
sure. to coming versus that voluntold. We still have resistance. I mean, I think we had several last time who the resistance is more an emotional resistance. I'm here, you know, you know, why are you here? Well, you told me to, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And, um, and that's funny, but it's also true. Uh, a lot of people don't see themselves, in the, and they hear Compass as a touchy-feely event. And so touchy-feely is not what I do, therefore I don't need it. And I, I think that, that happens a lot. Um, I think that's where the peers also really come in, um, because it's not a, a, a voodoo. It's not touchy-feely where you have to get in touch with all your emotions, but it is dealing with your stuff mm-hmm. and recognizing, you know, why you're so angry all the time and why you're so yeah. down or depressed or so anxious all the time or, you know, why you're smoking a chain smoker or why you're doing whatever you're doing. And, and there's great value in, in looking at that, in, particularly when it comes to quality of life. Um, and how you're interacting away from guard at home or in your other relationships. So I think that's where the peers really are great value. Um, well, they're just invaluable tool. But as far as being able to connect and go, I was here, you know, I'm new. <laughs> and this is where I am now. So I think that that kind of helps with that mm-hmm. resistance piece. Right. Yeah. And it's not us. It's not a behavioral health. It's not a chaplain. It's It's just... You know, a military person who's been in that situation or a former military or retired, because we do use yeah. retirees and veterans who are also yeah. part of that. So at the end of the day, if, if people are just willing to trust us just a little bit, yep. uh, their lives will be transformed. And it just takes just a little bit of trust and a little bit of faith in the process. Yep. And it will pay great dividends if you allow us that opportunity of your trust and of your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great that we're talking about this because um, we've talked about a lot of behavioral health things and mental health, and um, we try to share all the programs that Service Member Family Care has for soldiers and airmen and their families and veterans, like you guys were saying, veterans and retirees and stuff, and there's still that behavioral health stigma. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've... We're continue, continuing to break down the walls. There will still be walls there somewhat for some people just because of the environment that they are around or were brought up in or served in. Sure. Um, so I think having you guys come on or people attending these kinds of events can open them up to new things and new ideas um, because people are so afraid of the touchy-feely, the, oh, I don't want to go to therapy because I'm going to have to sit on a couch and talk about my feelings. Like, it's not always that way. So I think it's good to put that kind of information out, like, it will be uncomfortable, but in the end, it'll be a better you, a better version, or a way for you to be able to figure out how to deal with the things that you've been dealing with. Sure. And I think one thing on that, too, is in the small groups that are peer-led, there's not a behavioral health person in that room. Um, There's not a a chaplain in that role, maybe one, I think, that came in, but I don't think well. so. Um, so there's not, it's just, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they're peers. And that's, I think that has great value as far as kind of helping with what you're talking about and the stigmas. Um, and, and also what I appreciate about it is they get to, the, the attendees get to know the behavioral health folks and, and the chaplains on a personal level versus in our role. Yeah. And so then they get to see that, you know, Ruth is just a person and, and I'm able just to talk with them. Uh, yeah, she may be behavioral health, but I've come to know Ruth as 
a person that's that's there to support me. And same with the chaplains. When right. we go on first name basis, yeah, I'm just John. Yeah. And um, so it gives an opportunity to tear down some of those walls and just build relationships personally mm-hmm. without the barriers of right. titles or what we Roles. do. Yeah. We become resources for each other in a lot of different ways. So that that's kind of a cool outcome too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes people realize that just because somebody is higher ranking than you or older, younger, whatever the case may be, they still go through similar situations and um, you can always learn from those people because when you come to work or go to drill, some people just see you as, that's my commander, that's my first sergeant, but sometimes they may not look at them as being just a person who goes through the same things that they go through. Sure, and Mm -hmm. I think we all grow every event. I mean, I I know Mm -hmm. I do. Um, so it's not really while I'm there to to help provide the event. I'm also growing. I'm learning from we learn from each other, mm-hmm. and um, I'm challenged with you know myself and and what that may be. Sometimes it's a belief. Sometimes it's a a coping skill. Sometimes I mean it's just something. So it's constantly. Um, I think everybody, if we're open to it, we're constantly growing and we're constantly being challenged, and, and it's an opportunity to do that. So what's the process of participating in one of these events like they've heard about it they're ready to go they want to to show up um what do they do to be able to come to the event they can email me at the long military <laughs> email address of we'll have it in the show notes <laughs> yeah john.a.denny16.mil at army.mil uh or they can call me okay at 803-543-6049 and either myself or Staff Sergeant Powell, my my uh, religious affairs NCO, will send them a registration form. And within that form, there are some questions that we ask. You know, what what brings you to Compass? What are some things you're hoping to get out of it? So we start to understand who the audience is going to be, and we and then me and Ruth and other behavioral health folks will talk and really say, okay, th- this is what we're looking at. How can we tailor? Yeah, we kind of tailor this, make it to that audience. This, the, the, this program to what the audience is. Uh, what, what are some things that we need to talk about that will hit the mark? Is it moral injury? Is it anger? Is it substance abuse? What is it relationship skills? And so then we vary the topics based off what the needs are. You can email me, too, or call, and I can mm-hmm. get it to him. So the process, I think, really comes from, from your office as far as going to the unit. And, That's and what my next question. Right. So you don't necessarily need to go to your unit directly first. They can just come to you, fill the forms out. At what point is their unit involved? Because, like you were saying, they have to split train and all that kind of stuff. Like, how does that work? The soldier just needs to let them know, okay. hey, I'm going to this Compass event on this date. Um, can you put me in for a split train in, in lieu of drill to go here? And by the way, I need an RMA. And if that unit has any issues, questions, whatever, they can call me, and I can also send them a copy of the TAG memo where the TAG is signed off on that. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about um, or brought up or whatever that you guys would like to talk about before we close about the COMPASS program? I know it's a lot. <laughs> I, I'll close with this. You know, we've had, I said 25. I'm not sure the exact number. 
but we we've had 25 events we'll just go with that um so we've had over 700 people come through this event and all with different issues levels of trauma levels of moral injury and all of them to a T have walked away better than when they came and they have all said that they would recommend this to their peers and to other soldiers and so if you just as i said before if you just trust us just a little just a little uh, to trust us that we have your best interests in mind with this program, you will be transformed. Chelsea asked a question earlier, if someone's been before, can they come back? And I was just thinking to that to that response, um, I think it has changed a little bit in the program mm-hmm. over the years. In the 25, I think it's different now than it was five years ago oh, yeah. um, as far as what we do. And, and so I think if, to me, my answer, I don't know what your answer would be, but my answer would be if they want to come back, that that would be a phone call and a conversation as to why and, and the benefit of that. Um, because we do also open it up to obviously – guard first but we also have done veterans and retirees and we want to fill those slots mm-hmm. um and, and also it's open to members of the south carolina military department right so this is a scmd program so if there's state employees that have um that, that think there might be benefit to them coming they can yep. retirees if someone's retired and they're still struggling with some stuff this is for them Perfect. as well. So, right. again, going back to the soldier for life thing, if um, what we've got to continue to care for our brothers and sisters, yeah. yep. um, even beyond the uniform. And so it, it, if you've had any kind of affiliation with the South Carolina Military Department, um, come on. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. All right. Well, just to kind of recap, because that was a lot of information. Yeah. So it's a three-day, it's a three-day event twice a year. Roughly the end of April and October. Mm-hmm. Registration through you. Right. Contact you. Then get on RMA, split train. Um, what else am I missing? I wrote a bunch of notes. It doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, yes. there's no cost. Food's free. The, the only thing that will cost you is gas to get, get there. there. Gas to get there. So that, that's really the only, the only expense. You can bring a support person, but you don't have to. But we will say that almost everyone that comes that doesn't bring their support person says, "Dang, (laughs) (laughs) yep, I wish my, I I wish I would have brought them." Yeah, Um, and that normally happens about halfway through on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They're saying, "Dang it, I should have brought them." Um, And we have people saying, "Can I come back through at this time? Bring my wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, partner, whatever," and. so, yeah, consider strongly bringing them as well. And if there's a question, is this for me? I think that's a that's a call to or an email to either one of us mm-hmm. to kind of talk through why it may be or why it may not be right now. Right. Because um, I think you have to be ready for it intensity-wise. You know, yeah. It can be. And most of us are, but sometimes we're not. Depends on what's going on. Right. Yeah. One thing I just thought of, is there a deadline that you mm-hmm. need packets or registration forms before the event roughly two weeks before the event okay we try and we try yeah um and and invariably we try to shoot if we if we know we have room for 20 people 
we try to get registration for 23 to 25, knowing that there's always a kid sick or I forgot it was our anniversary and my wife is upset with me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What what, our kid birth? Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. And uh, so we, we try to have enough in the pipeline. Well, and that helps prepare for food and things like that that we're doing too because it's right. not we're either having that done or we do it ourselves so yeah, and the funding for this comes from the south carolina national guard foundation so it we're not using federal money state money it's coming from the foundation to support this and so their support is really what makes this thing work and we're so thankful to diane rogers and mr and mrs livingston for what they do in support of this um, and also the sponsors that, that pour into the, the foundation. Because without them, we couldn't do it. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming in and talking with me. I know it went a little bit longer than we thought, but that's just how it goes because there's always so many questions to ask. But um, if anybody's listening or watching and wants to participate in the event, I'll put uh, Chaplain Denny and Ruth's information down in the description so that you can contact them directly and get the information that you need in a timely manner because it's going to be April before we know it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yep. So We've already started doing some pre-planning for it. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but if you guys like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe <laughs> button, and we will catch you guys in the next episode.